You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vassar, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today, and I have a fabulous guest on my show today, but we'll get to him in a minute. If you have not subscribed to this show, I would encourage you to do it right now. Hit that subscribe button. I always say to tell all of your friends and family about Your Credit Today and all the amazing information and tips that you're learning from this voice here. But we always like to start with a little news, and this month, since it's celebrating Easter and Passover, I wanted to focus on ways for us to give back. Right now, more than ever, giving blood is really important. As we know, our country and world are under extreme pressure. People still need blood, and now more than ever. Even if you have suffered with the virus but recovered, you can still donate blood according to the Red Cross and ConsumerReports.org. Blood supplies right now are dangerously low, so if you're looking to do something good in the world, give your blood to someone in need because it can save a life. And for more information, go to redcrossblood.org. And now one of my favorite things to talk about is positivity. And what not better to do is to go to positive.news. I always say that this is a great way to keep your mind on things that matter, like staying positive. And I love this news feed. With Mother's Day coming up, why not give a gift that grows? A tree planting project is inviting people to gift a tree this Mother's Day, which will be planted by farmers in the global south. As well as addressing climate change, tree planter projects can also help empower women farmers. And you know, ladies out there, that I'm all for women, even though I love the men as well. (laughs) A tree absorbs carbon dioxide, boosts biodiversity, and provides farmers in developing countries, many of whom are women, with additional revenue sources. So go to treedom.net, that's T-R-E-E-D-O-M.net to learn more so you can help save the planet and plant a seed that will grow and last for years to come. They say that employment is under attack in America, but my guest today is a seasoned expert in the field of over 20-year veteran of executive and specialized recruiting and placement. He'll tell us the real deal, Holyfield. You guys remember that from Evander Holyfield when he came out of the boxing ring and he was giving him a one and a two and the famed voice commander Michael Buffer would say, Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, the strong, the mighty, the rugged, real deal, holy feel is entering the ring. (laughs) Well, friends, I have my own real deal, holy feel, and I want to welcome to the ring of your credit today, Mr. Alan Fisher. Alan Fisher is president and founder of Premier Financial Search. Alan has more than 20 years of recruiting experience in the accounting industry. He specializes in identifying candidates with strong accounting and business management backgrounds and placing them in prestigious CPA firms. In June 2001, Allen founded Premier Financial Search, also known as PFS, in Encino, California. PFS now has its offices in Westlake Village, California. Allen is a graduate of Sonoma State University. He has a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration with a concentration in Marketing. 
Over the last 20 years, Allen has become recognized as an expert in candidate placement within the expansive field of public accounting, business management, and litigation support firms. He excels at finding candidates uniquely qualified for the position he seeks to fill. His expertise also includes finding non-local candidates interested in relocating to California. He has had incredible success placing people from outside the state with high-profile clients in Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, Ventura County, and San Francisco Bay Area. Without further ado, let me welcome my guest, Alan Fisher. Hey, Alan, how are you? Hi, Angela. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How about that intro, huh? Well done. Now, Alan, this is a show where we educate others and help to build leaders, strong practices, and how we learn what we go through, or what I always like to say, what we grow through. So can you do me a favor and tell me about your first success story and how that inspired you to start your company? So this this goes all the way back to 1998, um, which was the year that I started recruiting, and uh, and I was a rookie and started in Encino. And in the building that I was working in, there were there were three or four CPA firms, and so the people that I would come in contact with in the parking parking structure, in the the lobby, in the elevator, predominantly they were CPAs. Uh, and uh, on an elevator ride, somebody said. You're a recruiter, aren't you? You work at that recruiting firm. Uh, and as quickly as I said yes, she handed me her resume. Mm. Um, l- later, we got to talking, and I said, "Tell me about what you're looking for in your next opportunity." And the only real criteria was she wanted to work at a larger CPA firm. At the time, she was working for a firm of about 15 people, so it wasn't hard for me to figure out who in the Valley or who in Los Angeles were the bigger firms. So I got out the book of lists, which at the time had the 50 largest CPA firms in Los Angeles, and I started calling. I started calling managing partners at all of the firms that were bigger. And as I got my way through the list, maybe I was on the 12th biggest, I got a return phone call. And it was from the managing partner at a firm that said, the candidate that you just described sounds great. By the time I was done with all 50 phone calls, I think five or six of the firms had called me back and said, this is somebody that we want to meet. And it was then that I realized I really like working with partners at CPA firms. They're in touch with the market. They're responsive. And um, when there's a candidate in front of them that that resonates, they'll move quickly. Um, so I was able to place that candidate, um, Singer Lee Wack, uh, which, is, uh, which is still a pretty prominent firm here in Los Angeles, is where she went. And that's not only the first real success story in recruiting, but it's what got me niched in the world of public accounting. Wow. Awesome. Great story. I love that. So let me ask you another question. What was the best advice you received someone and who was it and how have you passed that on? So this goes back to my days in accounting. Um, before I was a recruiter, I was I was in accounting, and I I got advice from a partner at a CPA firm. Um, he was our outside CPA, uh, and and one of the questions was just like you asked me, what one piece of advice would you give somebody that's early on in their career? And and this was somebody at the time, he was in his 60s. He since um, he since passed away. 
but he had a lot of he had a lot of career experience, but a lot of life experience. Mm. And his advice was, take the high road. Um, n- not not a, a big major statement, but just in those four words, he said a lot. And a lot of it was open to interpretation. But my interpretation was something that can carry across in every relationship, whether it's work and it's the professional people you deal with, whether it's um, personal relationships, whether it's family, um, to me it means resist the temptation to just react. You know, be thoughtful and purposeful in the way that you handle your relationships. I love um, that. And, and also realizing, and I think this is especially true now, everybody's going through something. Yeah. Everybody has stuff in the back of their mind, and while there's something that might um, concern us, might infuriate us, tick us off at the moment, um, we gotta we gotta take into account where the other person's coming from. So this advice over the last twenty years has served me well. That um, even if in a business transaction I'm not thrilled with the way the other person handled themselves, I always try and take the high road, realizing that um, we're all going to be doing what we do for a long time. And you just never know where that relationship is going to take you. Um, so I, I would pass along that same advice to everybody, especially now. Just take the high road. Um, give, give a little thought before you react. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I actually um, lead and live by that passion and creed as well. So thank you very much for sharing that. That was that was amazing. Um, so moving right along to your industry and, you know, what you're doing right now, can you tell us about current news or, you know, what's going on? Give us the good, great, and the little challenges that you're seeing coming about. So the industry that I focus in is the world of public accounting, which is CPA firms of all sizes from um, the big four at the super huge end all the way down to sole proprietors. Um, the good. So the market is still strong. Uh, going into this pandemic, the market was strong. Uh, there was a lot of demand. There was an imbalance of supply and demand, um, which was great. One of the other good things to come is a lot of firms including firms that were very close-minded to remote work and work from home, they've quickly adapted. And a lot of them are realizing that when implemented correctly, that it's effective. Uh, but I think when we when we do go back to working in an office, I think firms are going to realize that um, being in an office five days a week is not going to be the way that, that the new normal is. And we're going to... Im- be walking back into a world where there is a lot more remote. Absolutely. Uh, Can I ask you a question about that? When you say that a lot of them were opposed to the remote work life, so to speak, what was their biggest opposition? What what are they afraid of? Um, part of it is they don't have the IT infrastructure to roll it out. Part mm-hmm. of it is it's hard to monitor what we can't see. And yeah. if you're if you're not here and physically in the office, um, skeptically, are you really doing what you're supposed to? Mm. Um, but, but I think now, through really no choice of theirs, I think they're realizing people can still be efficient. And in the world of accounting and, and, and any other professional service, it really all comes down to chargeability, that firms are realizing people can be almost as effective w- without having to make the commute. 
Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Keep going. I, I, I kind of I kind of cut you off, but I was really interested in that because I've heard that uh, quite a bit. Uh, obviously, you and I work with a lot of the same companies and talking to some of them, they're saying they're still at work. And that was interesting to hear that piece of it. Yeah. Even in our own office where um, we have a physical office and, and there are six of us. And for the most part, everybody came into the office the majority of the week. We're now all fully remote. And I would say that we're just as effective as we were before. So even with us in a small company, it's going to change the way that we work when we finally get back to the office. Yeah, I think a little flexibility goes a long way with uh, when you're working with people. And it, it really helps us to understand how important communicating is. Because now when you're not in the same place with someone, communication levels are kicked up 10 degrees. Yeah, that's a great point. I think we've all had to get a little bit more creative and embrace new technologies in the way we communicate with our uh, with our clients, with our coworkers. Yeah. Um, so, a challenge, and it's not just accounting; it's really everywhere. We're not getting back to an office anytime soon. Just here in Los Angeles, they extended the um, the, the shelter in place order through May fifteenth, and who knows that could get extended again. Um, I would say we're looking at June, maybe even July before we're back in an office environment. And the reality is, even though there are some companies that will hire just based on a Zoom interview, the vast majority of companies, they want to meet you in person. And it's really hard to onboard somebody remotely. Yeah. So I, I think we're still looking at another 60 days before hiring begins to pick up. Okay. What, what can people do about that? Like, what kind of advice could you give to someone, let's say, that's, you know, looking for a job? Unfortunately, they have been misplaced and they're, they are going to have a Zoom interview or whatnot. What, what would you say to one of your candidates is super important when they, you know, when they're on that Zoom call? Are there some things or there's some strategies or there, th- there some things that they should remember and implement? We've got a document which is really powerful, something we put together over the years, which is just interview tips. Um, And we're working on amending this so that it takes into account phone interview and Zoom interviews. Um, Right now, the the majority of interviews are taking place either by phone or by Zoom. Uh, It's it's really important that you, um, the way that you project yourself um, the way that you present the environment around you, making sure that um, you you look the part professionally. Uh, I would encourage people to have notes up on their screen or taped to a screen of all the important parts that they want to cover during the interview. Um, and, and realize there was a lot of demand before we went into this. While there are a lot of companies that have paused or put their entire process on hold, there are still companies that are hiring. Um, and, and a lot of companies are going to be opportunistic during this time. Um, They're finally going to have access to a lot of the the star candidates that they didn't have access to even even a month or two ago, and they will be opportunistic. Mm, Okay, perfect. Now, we talked about the good. We talked about the challenges. Well, what about the great? (laughs) There there is some great. Uh, and 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 with my clients in particular, and and really this goes across all industries. There was a big issue with succession planning. There are a lot of baby boomers who they're looking for their succession, 
And that hasn't changed because of COVID-19. In fact, um, everyone's just getting a couple of months older. So there are still unbelievable opportunities for somebody to be on the path to being a business owner. Those opportunities haven't gone away. And when we get back to a place where companies are hiring, first and foremost, they're going to be looking at people that can be part of their long-term plans. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I think, you know, going back to just talking about hope, because I think we were talking about that when you were giving the listeners hope about what they can do when they're sitting in front of their screen and they're having a Zoom interview. You know, what other, uh, uh, you know, tips can you give someone or, or give some hope to our listeners or enlighten them on what executives or mid-level managers can be doing right now that might find themselves in a tough place because, you know, I know we're talking about um, the CPA world and we're talking probably about account managers and things of that nature. But what what would we say to those, you know, higher level managers, those executives? What, what can we tell them right now? Now's a great time to mine your network. And w- one of the things that most of us have done, and even I'm guilty of it, is um, we use LinkedIn and we do it sort of passively. It's, you know, it's easy to just comment on something somebody posted or invite somebody to be part of our network. Think about your situation, my situation. I'm, I'm home right now and uh, I've, got, I've got excess time and I think most executives do. So the executive that might've been on an airplane or might not have had the time and the opportunity to, to connect with you, now they do. Reach out reach out by phone, make sure that you have some of those important conversations and you're gonna have greater access to people than I think you would have had before and maybe ever because people are home, um, people, have, people have the availability. And, and when you connect, give. Mm. Start by giving them something, share something and listen. Um, and, and I think there's an opportunity for people to form um, deeper relationships now than they could have even 60 days ago. And when we emerge from this, uh, just like we have with, with previous downturns, we're going to emerge really strongly. And some of those relationships are going to be what carry you through. Absolutely. And I love what you're saying because now is the time to really sow those seeds in that relationship because people are, their ears are bigger right now because they're bored. You know, at at the end of the day, you know, someone that you probably could never get a hold of is at home and they're going to pick up the phone. Whereas before they may not have picked up the phone. So that's a really, really good point. Now I want to take you, you know, um, to another place. I know that you have a specific niche and and you deal in a um, specific realm of business, but let's talk about, you know, globally or the U.S. You know, how many jobs do you say, would you think are at risk right now? Not just the CPA world, we're, we're putting that aside. Let's just talk about jobs in general? Well, we've already seen with the hospitality industry, that's that's an area that's been absolutely decimated, whether it's restaurants, hotels, travel and tourism. Um, but this is, this is a, a recession that is sparing nobody. I'm, perhaps outside of the healthcare industry, I don't know of anybody in any industry that's been spared. There are, there are sort of the haves and the have-nots 
um, through the, uh, the government payroll protection program, companies that are going to be better able to withstand this are going to be smaller companies. And by smaller, I mean companies with under 500 employees. Those are going to be the companies that are eligible for the PPP loans, the majority of which should be forgivable. Um, I've already seen in, in my industry, the larger companies have instituted pay cuts and layoffs. The smaller companies are going to be much better insulated. Mm-hmm. And how long do you think that this is, I mean, if you were just a guessing man, how long would you say this is going to go on? <laughs> uh, the the elusive crystal ball that everybody wishes they had. Right. Uh, so p- part, part of my answer, Angela, is going to be based on um, wishful thinking. The rest of it is going to be based on um, a, a little bit of, of what I think might be reality. I think we're looking at July um, before w- we start to see people back in offices and uh, and the pause button taken off with, with regards to hiring. I, I, I really think we're looking at the beginning of the third quarter. Okay. And then another question, how do you think the SBA is handling all of this lovely attention? <laughs> so it's been a disaster. Uh, so uh, initially they said that they, there was going to be emergency, emergency grants, um, which was the EIDL, which would be an attempt to give small businesses up to $10,000 in emergency cash. And those loans would be approved within 72 hours. I don't know a single person that's received any of that. Um, that program is only set to be $10 billion in total funding. Um, then there was the PPP, which was uh, $300 billion, and I think that $349 billion, and I think the government's asked for another $250. Again, I don't know anybody that's received any of that. And the problem is not just the SBA. The problem is um, the banks were not equipped to deal with this much volume this quickly. Um, the SBA and Washington, D.C. haven't done a great job at getting all the guidelines out to the people that need it. Uh, there's just too much ambiguity with the program, and, mm-hmm. and I can see where the banks um, haven't been that enthusiastic about lending money when there aren't enough guidelines. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really, really great point. Well, um, did I leave anything out, or was there something else that you wanted to bring up and tell our listeners? Just one more note of hope at the end, which is, um, Angela, like you, I I lived through 9-11 and lived through the Great Recession in 2008 and 2009. um, And and we came out on the other side. We also came out much, much stronger. A couple of differences here. One is we really have no idea how long this is going to last or how deep it's going to be. But uh, the government has really done, um, I think, as good a job as we can expect at trying to get money out to individuals and small businesses. That didn't happen during the recession. It seemed like all the money went to the banks and and huge corporations. So I, I think as long as you know the money gets to where it's supposed to be, that'll give us a little bit of a lifeline. Uh, and again, could be wishful thinking, but I do think that we're going to emerge from this fairly strong. Uh, and hopefully that'll be third, fourth quarter. 
Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate your encouraging words. I think that that just goes to show the type of person that you are. And I am super um, grateful that I was connected to you through Sandy. So Sandy, if you're listening, snaps up to you, lady. (laughs) Thanks, Sandy. (laughs) So um, the last thing is, I know once again, like we talked about, you are in a niche business, but um, how can our listeners get in contact with you if they are looking to work for one of these firms or about uh, firms that are looking to have placement? So, so the first thing I'll say is, um, because I do have a little bit of excess capacity with time, um, I will um, create some time for any of your listeners that want advice on their resume, advice on how to beef up their LinkedIn profile, um, just general networking. Um, so they can reach out to me and schedule a call. My email address is my first name, Alan, A-L-L-A-N, at pfssearch.com, P like Paul, F like Frank, S like Sam, and then search. Um, or they can call me direct, 661-799-0101, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, thank you once again for sharing your wisdom and your insight. It was truly a pleasure uh, to speak with you, Alan. And friends, this is Angela setters Bassard, better known as A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today, and Alan and Angela are out. <laughs>